Hello and welcome. This is the Ultra Working Podcast. I am Chris Natterer. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the concept of capacity increasing and capacity decreasing activities. Very often, when we perform a certain action, a certain activity in any given field, the specific actions that we are taking do not only have an immediate impact on the short-term results, but they will also have an impact on our future either likelihood or ability even to perform subsequent actions. What do I mean by that? Let's take an example that I very often refer to. It just is something I'm very comfortable with. Field of, for example, nutrition. When you want to switch from a you know really, really bad diet, for example, to a diet that is less bad, more good, consists of, you know, more healthy foods, less unhealthy foods, consists of maybe more unprocessed kind of foods. Generally, this will be, this will take some time. This will take a bit of effort. This will take a almost a reprogramming of the type of foods as well that you enjoy. And with any given choice that you're making, you're either moving the post more in the direction of making future good choices easier or making future good choices harder. So for example, um, if you eat a really healthy meal, not only did you in a short term eat a healthy meal, it's my opinion, and I think this is supported by science, that you're also at least to a minute, tiny degree. I mean, every meal doesn't make a huge difference, but you're slightly conditioning yourself to enjoy this kind of meal more and to get, get pleasure from it, enjoy it, and also to need or want or crave the, the foods that you were eating previously slightly less. So every time you make the good choice, you made a good choice in the moment and you also made it easier for you to continue to make good choices in the future. And this is, you know, in this case, this is not even, we're not even referring to maybe third order consequences like increasing your energy availability or that sort of thing that, that might have an, a compounding effect on your ability to make good choices. Uh, very similarly, in when we think about work, our capacity to perform work, we're talking about things like your ability to concentrate, your, you know, working memory, your impulse control, sort of these sub-level, really foundational executive functions required to perform cognitively at the very high level for extended periods of time. When you take someone that hasn't been, hasn't been used to deeply concentrating for long periods of time. That act of deeply concentrating is going to be a challenge initially. And it's unlikely that you can take someone who's maybe never done that and um, get him to just, you know, single focus, single-minded work on a really complex problem where you don't see immediate results, where you're sort of just stuck, you know, many times beating your head against the wall for prolonged periods of time until you actually see some progress, it's very unlikely that you will get someone like that to get from, from zero to 100 
work on this problem for eight hours straight. This will take some practice. This will take some building up. Very similar that it will take some, you know, building up in terms of physical strength, muscular strength. This ability to concentrate is also very similar to a muscle, an ability that needs to be honed and strengthened over time. Now, there are activities that will improve this. For example, the, the very act of concentrating will not only mean that you have now worked in a concentrated fashion on this problem, but it will also mean that you practiced, you worked out that muscle of concentration. And subsequently, the next session of concentration will be easier. You'll also have probably a slightly easier time to get started and to get in that zone. Um, and on the flip side, there are activities that will most likely be detrimental to uh, disability to concentrate. We had a few shows where we talked about specific science papers related to concepts like attention residue and the, the consequences of repeated context switching, what happens in your mind when you switch from task A to task B and things of, the, of that nature. And it's interesting with, for example, repeated interruptions, but take like a, like a, you know, like a really well-trained, let's maybe as an example, we could take a monk, you know, monks are like the typical stereotypical vision we have of a, of a Zen Buddhist monk who's been training and honing his, his mental capacity to sit still and concentrate deeply for many hours, for decades. We take someone like that and, um, you know, we put them in a typical office setting. We tell them, hey, maybe work on this problem here for the next few hours. And we keep interrupting him every 30 minutes or so. Initially, what we will have done is we will just have messed up that specific session of that specific day will not really have allowed him to get into a flow state or to make significant progress on this problem by constantly interrupting his his ability to, to get in that zone if we keep doing that over prolonged periods of time if we you know not just interrupt him for one day but we just keep interrupting him day in and day out we will actually over time diminish his ability to deeply focus. And that's what I mean with capacity increasing and capacity decreasing activities. This exists really. I, I look, yesterday I sat down and tried to come up with a list for myself of activities that I think doing them will be not only beneficial in the short term, but also be long-term beneficial by making it easier to do subsequently beneficial actions easier and, and with more joy. Here is the list, or here's a list that I came up with. These are activities that I think, if I do them, they're going to be beneficial in the short term. I'm going to get uh, better results. But I also think the very activities on this list are just predictive of positive changes in in performance on a large number of other related fields over time. Any type of writing, journaling, any kind of planning, visualizing, creating goals, any kind of looking at uh, metrics, tracking, um, any kind of cognitively demanding reading or even reading for fun, but highly concentrated, 
um, meditation, thinking in general, uh, working on problems in a concentrated fashion, any kind of learning, exercising, um, fasting. Um, these are activities that I think you basically can't do too much of because they will be beneficial and they will also be working out different kinds of executive functions that transferable because they're universal in any kind of cognitively demanding work or field. And then I created a list of actions or behaviors or, or patterns that not only are short-term detrimental, but also I think will be long-term detrimental and are sort of predictive of my future ability to perform. And um, yeah, you can find this in, 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 first of all, I think it's, it's an interesting shift in the way to approach things, not only to think what will this activity, what kind of results or consequences will I have from a specific activity in the immediate term and the short term, but also what future results will I get from this activity? Will this allow me to increase my capacity to perform at a high level, be it in, in work, in cognitive tasks, be it in, in physical tasks, be it in, I don't know, emotional tasks or any field that I care about? Or will this be something that has a negative impact on my ability to do that? And yeah, I think this is, this is interesting. The, it kind of, when you add this extra layer on top of your thinking, I, I do believe it, it helps to make better choices because it moves the future into the present. There is this thing I call, I think it's called future discounting, where we basically, we're not really connecting to our future self. We're seeing us and our future self as almost different entities. And so we very often fail to make choices today in the best interest of our future self. And I think adding this additional layer can help us to bridge that gap. Yeah, it does help for me. And maybe it's an interesting thought experiment for you as well. That is it for this episode. Let me know what you think about this, this episode, podcast at ultraworking.com. We'd really love to hear from you if this resonates with you. And yeah, see you in the next show very soon. Thank you for listening. And as always, be well.